Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Dude, it never ends, does it? Man. No, no. I've got some. I, I know I, I keep saying this every day. I've got yeah. more incredible information, um, but I do. And I'm hoping one day, folks, on the biggest scandal in modern American history, maybe in American history altogether, I am genuinely hoping that one day I can tell you and disclose to you how I've come about this uh, because it'll all make sense. Right. Um, unfortunately, now, for the sake of uh, my word and uh, the integrity of the show, I cannot do that. But I assure you, um, the information is strong. The reason I bring that up is I'm getting a lot of emails uh, from people saying, man, did you call it on the text? Um, I'm not trying to call anything. And it, the information is not due to some investigative genius I have. It's just <laughs> due to people who are telling me things and telling what they're doing here, folks. So you understand how I'm, um, I don't know how to say it, so I sound like a jerk, like predicting this stuff is I'm not predicting anything. I'm putting together pieces that people are sending me and directing me and vectoring me in on where to look at things. And I guess just being a former federal agent, it's not hard to put it together. I, I Believe me, I'd love to take a victory lap, but none of this is good. Um, and there's no victory lap needed. I bring that up because last night on Hannity's show, uh, so, uh, some quality sources told Hannity that the texts are not missing, which <laughs> I told you two days ago. Um, they're not, I, they, Sean knows all this, by the way, too. Sean has got great sources, too. But um, I, I appreciate the emails, but there will be more predictions coming today that I assure you are going to scramble the eggs in your brain mm. again. And I've, I have I don't tell Joe any of this because I want a genuine reaction. Yeah. All right. We got a lot to cover. Let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Filter By. Folks, Dallas, 11 degrees, New York, 9 degrees, Minneapolis, minus 2. It's been a cold winter. Winter's in full swing. Your HVAC system is working overtime to produce heat. Not down here in Florida, but all those other places, you're darn right. If you aren't properly maintaining your filters, you're not only breathing unhealthy air, you also might find yourself with no heat and thousands in repairs, as I did when my two systems broke at the same time. It drives me crazy. Now there's a better way with FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. You got a business with 100 air filters? This is your company. You got a home with two? This is also your company. Support our sponsors. They support us. These guys are great. Filterby.com carries over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped free within 24 hours. Plus, big plus, they're manufactured right here in America. Good job, Filterby. They offer a multitude of Merv options, Filterby, all the way up to hospital grade. That's some pretty clean air. You'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Right now, folks, you can save 5%. It's nice savings there. When you set up auto delivery, you set up auto delivery and never have to think about air filters again. Save money, save time, support our sponsors. These are great guys. Breathe better with filterby.com. That's filterby.com. Filterby.com. Love those guys. All right. Where, where, where do we begin? <laughs> this is juicy. 
I got this last night. My poor wife gets home from very hardworking trip she had to take up to Virginia. And we're, you know, of course, we're looking to spend some quality spouse time. Uh, and what do we do? We get caught up with me on my phone from 930 to 1130 at night reading <laughs> stuff from people to say stuff. But it was interesting because uh, I, I've i been pushed in a couple different places. And I think I'm onto something big here. All right, let's get right to it. Let's stop the BS. Before we get to the, the breaking news, it's going to scramble the eggs here. First, yes, the DOJ, the emails were not missing. I mean, the text, they're not missing. And by the way, and I'll get to this in a little while too, because this is important to what the story I'm about to tell you. And as always, I'll sum it up and I'll give you the narrative. The Hillary 30,000 emails are not missing either. Okay? Just trust me on this. The texts were never missing, and either are Hillary's emails, okay? Hmm. I'll get to that later. There's any, I didn't predict anything. I've just worked in this case because it's my I'm obsessed with it. Secondly, before I get to the core of the show, Joe, John Kerry has been apparently negotiating in a foreign country on behalf of the United States with the Palestinians, telling them basically to ignore, ignore President Trump that he may run for president in 2020. What? What? Joe, isn't that the Logan Act violation? I was, I was thinking that immediately. I, of course you were. Where is the Department of Justice? That son of a gun. That son of a gun, Armacost, you're right. You have Natalie Portman, cue her up. Are you like a crazy person? I mean, <laughs> John Kerry, are you like a crazy person? I thought the Logan Act applied here. Now, folks, if you've been listening to the show, of course... You know that the Logan Act is a nonsensical law that has never been successfully charged. It's a it's a joke. It's a scam. It's it, what it says is private citizens cannot negotiate with foreign governments on behalf of the United States. In mm-hmm. essence, it's not even constitutional. No one takes it seriously. Listen to me. In 200 years of the Republic, nobody has ever been successfully charged with the Logan Act. It is the jaywalking of jaywalking. I bring this up. <laughs> Because this Logan Act violation was the premise Sally Yates used, the the, the uh, DOJ, high-ranking DOJ official, when she walked into Trump's office and spoke with Trump and said, hey, we got a problem with Mike Flynn, the national security advisor, because he was talking with the Russian ambassador after Trump was elected. Trump's the incoming president. National security advisor Flynn, doing his job, calls a important geostrategic foe, but also someone we need an open line of communication with. They only have nuclear weapons pointed at us. I mean, why would you want to talk to them, right? (laughs) This is the incoming national security advisor. And Sally Yates says, well, you know what? This guy may have been conducting business on behalf of the United States as a private citizen. John Kerry is a nobody right now. John Kerry's conducting business with the Palestinians on behalf of the United States. Folks, I'm pointing this out to show you This, again, and I'm going to get to this in a second here. It's important to know the setup. This entire investigation was a sham. Why isn't John Kerry under... Joe, this is a serious question. Why isn't John Kerry under investigation right now? And if he isn't, I strongly encourage the Department of Justice to go out and apply the same standard. Or... Everybody at the Department of Justice, Sally Yates included, who's now a private citizen too, because she got canned, thankfully, by President Trump for not enforcing the travel ban, which was her job. You had one job, like enforce the law in the Department of Justice. I'm asking you all to come out and stand on your principles, if you have any, which you don't, Sally Yates, or anybody else associated with Obama's administration at this point. Come out and write your op-eds. 
John Kerry should be should be prosecuted for Logan Act violations or investigated. Now, let me be clear, folks. I'm obviously being sarcastic. Mm -hmm. The Logan Act is garbage. It's not even constitutional. John Kerry can go overseas and say whatever he wants as long as he doesn't engage in treason. But I'm setting this up this way because, again, I'm trying to show you how this entire thing is a shamarama. It's the ShamWow. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah, Vince. Fritz or whatever his name Vince, was? yeah. Vince. Yeah. Or I mean, this. The, the, all the, sham, the difference is the ShamWow probably worked. <laughs> yeah. The Logan Act is garbage. Yet Mike Flynn's life has been ruined while John Kerry sits there and collects speaking fees because of it. Now... I know I say this a lot. I'm driving you crazy, but please go to my show notes today. Bongino.com. Subscribe to the email list. I will send you these articles. Please, please, please bookmark the article I have in the show notes today from the Jerusalem Post about John Kerry's actions overseas. Bookmark it. Keep it up on your phone. Keep it in your email box. Keep it on your social media. And immediately when your friends bring up Mike Flynn, the general, when your friends bring up my and his alleged crimes, which I'm telling you, history is going to tell the Flynn story far differently, folks. He is not the goat in this. I want you to email them that article and say, well, what about John Kerry? Is he guilty too? And watch them go, uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's different because yeah. um, it's different because, because he's a Democrat. That's why. And oh. he's just a good guy. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's a really great legal standard. Good luck in court with that one. Phonies, phonies, frauds, every single one of them. I'm going to tweet this article probably 20 times today Mm. asking the Democrats, where's the Logan Act violation? The difference is I believe in liberty and freedom, and I mean that. This isn't a joke. I would never in a million years seriously call for John Kerry to be investigated for a nonsensical crime. I'm being sarcastic here, folks, trying to show you the police state hack tyrants liberals are. They are police state tyrants. I do not want John Kerry in jail. I do not want John Kerry investigated. Mike Flynn had no business being investigated. This guy was an American hero. But liberals will use the police state in a heartbeat to put you in jail. Because that's what they believe in. Power and control. Individual liberty means nothing. Nothing. They will use whatever legal loophole and and, and machination they can develop to put their political opponents in jail because they believe in power and control. They don't give a hoot about principles. That's the bad news. Now let's get to the good news portion of the show. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a little... Because I'm really pissed folks this is really just nonsense what's going on mm-hmm. where are the liberals man where are you where are you coming out with this going you know what i'm a democrat i i'm where are the liberals saying this i'm a democrat i i whatever i love high taxes i love big government but what happened here is wrong where are they what happened here was wrong we destroyed general flynn We destroyed the Trump team on a fake. We made this up, this whole thing. We spied on the Trump team. Where are the liberals speaking out? Nowhere to be found. Police state tyrants, every one of them. (sighs) All right. I bring a lot of this up, too, 
Because I got a ton of emails yesterday from people as upset as I am. One lady wrote, forget that lady who told you to stop screaming. Get pissed off more. I'm pissed off too. We're all pissed. But a couple of people were disappointed yesterday. Not in the show. The show did, as Joe knows, bonkers numbers. Yeah, it's our second most listened to show of all time. Besides the show that opened up the scandal and laid the whole thing out. But people were upset and they said, Dan, I'm, I'm, I, I, you're telling me with this, everybody's going to plead the fifth that what? That nobody's going to go to jail. Nothing's going to happen. Folks, I'm sorry I didn't explain this better. And that's my fault. That is not what I was trying to tell you yesterday. Pleading the fifth does not absolve you of criminal culpability at all. Pleading the fifth is your right not to self-incriminate. Right. The Fifth Amendment. That's what I meant. I, I can interview Joe for a bank robbery mm-hmm. all I want. If I have evidence to convict Joe and I have Joe on video and find the, the ink pack in his house and the money and the serial numbers, whether Joe talks or not, is it's not irrelevant, but it's almost irrelevant to the prosecution of Joe because the probable cause uh, to arrest Joe and the beyond the reasonable doubt evidence is already there. Yeah, you got me. Now, why would I want to talk to Joe? Again, I'm, I forget. Maybe I just assume too much, is because I did this for a living. You want to talk to Joe because you want to see if there was anyone else involved. Did someone put Joe up to it? What did Joe do with the money? Did Joe sell the money at a discount because it had you know serial numbers on it that could be traced? I mean, you know, with counterfeit money, what what was the what was the rate you sold it at? Did you sell it at you know uh, ten cents on the dollar because it's fake money? I mean, mm-hmm. who else bought it? Did they know they were buying it? This is all valuable information. What I'm trying to get at, and the good news here, folks, is be patient with Jeff Sessions. And let me ask you kindly to hold off on Christopher Ray, the new FBI director, too. Just trust me on this one. Be patient with Sessions. Justice is coming. I'm absolutely sure of it. And the fact that people are now leaving, Rybicki yesterday, Carlin, who left earlier, The fact that the people involved unquestionably in what went on, the fact that they were involved and now that they are private citizens, when I the point I was making yesterday is there's a distinction between admitted administrative testimony and criminal testimony on the administrative side. While you're still working in the government, you can be compelled to talk or you're going to lose your job. Now. You can say, I'm not going to talk. They fire you and say, by the way, I'm pleading the fifth and I'm still not going to talk. And there's nothing the government can do. Right. But that doesn't mean they're not going to prosecute you. All I was trying to say yesterday is the rats are lawyering up. Comey, Rybicki, all the people involved in this, his former chief of staff, they're all leaving or lawyering up. Rybicki left, Comey lawyered up. That does not mean the evidence against these people is not absolutely overwhelming. They can go up in front of Congress and a grand jury, uh, whatever they want, or or a trial, and say, I'm not going to say anything. That's fine. I absolutely support that. I am a I am a libertarian at heart. I do no one can be forced to testify against themselves. End the story. But folks, don't mistake what I said for meaning that justice is not coming to these people. Now, I know that was a long setup, but it's an important setup. Justice is coming. I don't mean it in a tombstone, Wyatt Earpy kind of way. Mm. I just know. You ever see the movie Blow with Johnny Depp? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. And uh, 
Johnny Depp's partner in the cocaine distribution. He's trying to find out the whole time who uh, Johnny Depp's uh, distribution guy is, how he's selling all the stuff and his source and stuff. And he drives him crazy. And finally, one day, Johnny Depp, the character just blows up. What was it? George Ewing or whatever. And he's like, Derek, for real. It's Derek. One of these days, I'll be able to tell you who do the, you know, it's obviously not a cocaine <laughs> distributor, but who Derek for real is. And it'll all make sense. Be patient. Here's what's going on. The Nunez memo, you know, released the memo, Joe, mm-hmm. yep. that the Democrats are now savagely trying to discredit. Mm-hmm. The Democrats are in a full-blown panic over the Nunez memo. Now, I have not seen the Nunez memo. I want to be clear, and no member of Congress has disclosed to me its contents. But again, based on some legwork, I'm reasonably confident and our predictions, as you've been seen in the past few episodes, have been pretty much spot on. And I'm absolutely—I wouldn't be saying it on a recorded podcast if I didn't believe otherwise. Let me tell you what I believe the bones of this memo contain that are so damaging that the Democrats are in an absolute panic to discredit it. Where do we start? Let me explain to you how I believe this whole thing happened and why I've been telling you that the focusing exclusively on the dossier to get a FISA warrant is the wrong approach to this. I know people disagree with me, and that's fine. I, I, if you were the president of the United States and your goal was to spy on a political opposition opponent, in other words, if you were Obama looking to spy on Trump, yeah. There are ways to do it where you can cover your tracks in a way. So let me give you, and let's say, an example of how it could be done. Yeah, please. The NSA collects data. We all know that, right? They collect metadata. They have pools of emails and phone calls, um, most of them, texts. There's ways using interceptions and transatlantic cables and things like that without getting too complicated just know that almost everything you've done in electronic format Mm -hmm. has been somehow recorded through voice over ip through email through text there are ways to pull just about anything you've done phone calls emails if it ain't carrier pigeon the nsa has it okay Mm. there are ways to legally I'm not saying I agree with the law, but be careful here, but to legally query that database of information, Joe, if it involves what you say would be, say, a national security interest mm-hmm. and some foreign actors. All right. There are supposed to be some walls there if it involves a United States person. Now, hold on that for a minute. Okay, Doug. Trump is a United States citizen. So are his team members. I mean, his team members were United States citizens. In order to spy on Trump, and I'm telling you this because this is why I'm saying, remember, the the theme here is be patient with Sessions. Sessions knows this. The way to get information on a domestic U.S. citizen, Joseph, Mm -hmm. and, and bounce around the legality of it without leaving yourself a massive paper trail of culpability would be to say, okay, this is called reverse targeting. I want to target Joe Armacost, a U.S. citizen. 
Now, I don't have any evidence Joe committed a crime. Now, for me to target Joe, a U.S. citizen, I have to go in front of a judge either using criminal Title III wiretap procedures or FISA, and I have to at some point produce some probable cause that Joe was either acting on behalf of a foreign agent or Joe committed a crime. Are we clear on that? Mm -hmm. If I want Joe's emails or I want Joe's live recorded conversations with this foreign person, Joe, Joe is, folks, please understand this, Joe is an American citizen, Mm -hmm. I have to go in front of a court. It either has to be criminally, where I produce enough probable cause that Joe is guilty of a crime, whatever that crime may be, and the only avenue I have, I've exhausted all the options, is to tap Joe's phones, to use just standard terminology that people understand, okay? Okay. The other avenue, Joe, is to go to a court, a foreign intelligence surveillance court, and to produce evidence that Joe is acting on behalf of a foreign government as a foreign agent. This is important in violation of U.S. law. That's the don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Why am I bringing this up? And Sessions knows this. I'm bringing this up because they had no evidence of either. Now, Obama can't just say, oh, just monitor him anyway. Although he did. But he can't legally say that. He can't because he would be one, he would be sued. And secondly, that he's he's there are numerous protections built in so that the president of the United States can't do that. You can't just spy on U.S. citizens. So how would you do it? Oh, it's a genius little technique they pulled. So what they say is, even though they're looking for Joe Armacost, they know Joe is talking to uh, Mr. Russian guy overseas mm. about something. They have no evidence on Joe whatsoever, but they know they can tap into that pool of data and listen to all of the conversations about Mr. Russian guy Joe's talking to. Uh Now, this is important. There is a procedure called minimization. It applies on the crim side, the criminal side, and it applies on the national security side. On the criminal side, if I'm listening to a wiretap of Joe talking to his buddy Bobby about robbing a bank because I have probable cause, mm-hmm. if Joe starts talking about his daughter's dance recital, or his son in this case, Joe doesn't have a daughter, but if Joe's, whatever, Joe's weightlifting session, I have to minimize that. I can, that is not, I have to turn off the recording. I can only listen when Joe's talking about what we're interested in and what's in the warrant. It's called minimization. In other words, minimizing your exposure as a law enforcement official to the private life of Joe Armacost if it doesn't involve criminal conduct. Does that make sense, Joe? Thank you. Yeah, it's good. Minimization applies on the foreign intelligence side as well, Mm. but it's applied differently. If I am targeting, air quotes here, targeting Mr. Russian agent, I'm really targeting Joe because I know he's talking, but I say I'm targeting the Russian agent because it's the only way to legally listen in. I can get those calls, but I have to minimize it by masking the identity of Joe. If Joe show Joe may show up in the report as U.S. person mm-hmm. if he was working for the government, U.S. official. But I don't know who Joe is because I don't have probable cause that Joe did anything wrong. But I want Joe. I need Joe. How do we get Joe? 
Reminds me of a, 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 a Apollo Creed in, uh, what is it, Rocky Three when Joe Frazier comes up into the ring. You next, Joe. You next, Joe. Remember that? <laughs> I need Joe. But I don't have anything on Joe. Now, I know I've been listening to Mr. Russian Agent talking to Joe, but in official documents, I need to spread around to the media to generate a narrative about this mutt that Joe Armacost is. Sorry, Joe. Hmm. This guy, I need Joe so bad. I have to find a way to transform Joe's name from U.S. person to Joe Armacost. Well, how do I do that? Well, how you do it is you rely on the President of the United States to use his authority through surrogates to unmask people based on a national security interest. Shaggy! (laughs) Now, is this legal? Again, I'm not saying I agree. I am a libertarian. I hate 702. I hate unmasking. I'm just telling you, there is supposed to be a disconnect here from the accumulation of data and the analysis and the presidential power to unmask people based on a national security interest, Mm. it's not supposed to be symbiotic. In other words, it's not supposed to be an end around to targeting Joe. It's supposed to be in an effort to track and monitor foreign intelligence streams. In other words, terrorists talking to people in the United States. So what happened? This was genius, folks. This is absolutely genius. And this is where the Nunez memo and this is classic. This is why the Democrats are freaking out about the Nunez memo. They've seen it, by the way. When Nunez goes back in, what was it, March? Remember when we, we talked about in the original show, I think it was episode 628. We've been on this now for forever. I forget yeah. what it was, 628 or 38 or whatever. Nunez goes to the White House the complex, remember, the, the White House complex is not just the White House. It's the OEOB, too, the old executive office building, right? Right after the, the director of national, uh, uh, the national intelligence, the office of ODNI, Dan Coates is, is uh, the Obama, uh, excuse me, the Obama administration guy, the ODNI guy, Clapper leaves. Dan Coates is the, uh, the former senator from Indiana. He is, he, the Senate confirms him. He gets in as the director of national intelligence. He has access to all this stuff. He is the director of national intelligence. Right after that, Nunez goes over to the White House complex and reviews on the White House complex very specific documents back in March. He comes out and says, what I saw is incredibly disturbing. Oh, and by the way, this is disturbing and doesn't involve Russians. And everybody, the Democrats go wild. Remember this? Folks, this is important. This is going to tie into this whole thing. Remember, Sessions knows all of this. Nunez comes out, gives a press conference. Joe, Democrats lose their marbles. Mm-hmm. Nunez, ethics violation. Remember? Oh, ethics, yeah, yeah, yeah. get him off the case. The Demo- Why do you think the Democrats lost their minds? The Democrats lost their minds because people like Adam Schiff know what I'm telling you, too. In those documents, and I don't know what they are, and I'm not willing to make the jump. Some others are. They're doing good work. I'm not, I'm not willing to make that leap yet because I don't have it from my thing. Okay, and again, I'm not knocking anyone's work. Please, there's too much. I did this. You did. I don't care. Steal everything. 
I don't care. This is too important a story for people to be worried about who gets credit for what and doing stupid emojis on Twitter. I'm not willing to make a leap that's been made yet, but I am willing to make this leap from my experience there as well. The information that he went to see at the White House was unquestionably, in my experience and work on this, information provided only to the White House and their designees. Ooh. Now, why am I telling you that? Because, again, it confirms in my mind exactly how the scheme worked. FBI officials involved in this Trump targeting operation that Jim Comey already acknowledges has been going on since the summer of 2016 that he hasn't notified Congress about. Remember my earlier episode. He admits to Representative Elise Stefanik of New York in a hearing that they did not notify Congress, contrary to existing procedures, of an ongoing investigation into the Trump team. The FBI is investigating the Trump team during the campaign. The Obama team has access through the NSA to masked data on a reverse targeting basis. In other words, they are not targeting the foreign officials, folks, they claim to be targeting. They're targeting the Trump team the entire time under an umbrella of, oh, no, we were just listening to foreign communications. Were you? Are you sure? Hmm. They get the foreign intel back on, here's what uh, Russian guy Joey Bag of Donuts said to U.S. official. The information gets back to the White House. The White House uses its surrogates, Samantha Power and Susan Rice. And by the way, it's all on the record, folks, that we saw record numbers of unmaskings during the Obama administration. None of this is a secret. Right. It gets back to the White House. The White House absolutely knows because, folks, they were reverse targeting. Now, you may say to yourself, this is a fair question. Joe, stop me if I get ahead of myself. Okay. Here. I want to get All over right. the skis here. The White House knows who U.S. person is already. Okay. So you may say, why take the chance, Dan? If they already know, why unmask through Susan Rice and Samantha Power and others? Why unmask U.S. person if their aim was to listen in on Joe's conversations with Russians the entire time and they did it in reverse? In other words, we listened to the Russians, but we were really listening to Joe. Right. Because they had to leak it to the media. And they couldn't leak it to the media and use their media buddies to drive a collusion, Logan Act, false narrative over time without media allies and some ability to back it up using names. They also couldn't leak this. Remember, folks, this Logan Act dialogue starts during the campaign. As Byron York has pointed out through his incredible work at the Washington Examiner, we've linked to multiple pieces. The Logan Act conversation starts during the campaign. The campaign's not over. How is that? Because Obama uses the unmasking powers of the White House through reverse targeted information unmask the names, essentially wiretapping U.S. officials, gives the names to media people and Democrat hacks up on Capitol Hill to start disingenuous collusion and Logan Act narratives, but they need the names. They can't just go to Capitol Hill and say, trust us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what's going on now? 
Now, Samantha Power. Samantha Power is the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. Folks, what the hell is she unmasking people's names for? She is not an intelligence official. She is not a law enforcement official. She is a bureaucrat. May I suggest to you, based on CNN and The Guardian's own reporting, that Samantha Power is not ignorant to the fact that British intelligence has been passing information on about the Trump team to U.S. officials the entire time? Oh, hell no. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) You think she's not aware of this? Think CNN and The Guardian reported it and they didn't know? Folks. You know, I, I I don't know how else to describe to you the abomination that's going on here. And it, pun intended, abomination. But I don't want you, I don't want you to, I'm not that I don't want you to worry. You should worry. A healthy degree of anxiety about this will keep the Constitutional Republic safe. But I'm telling you, Sessions knows this. I am. While I'm not absolutely convinced high-ranking people are going to be in handcuffs over it, I don't want to be dramatic. I'm not convinced about that. I am absolutely convinced that there is going to be some, at a minimum, utter humiliation and civil liability for the people involved in this. Absolutely convinced. And I would make the case to you folks that when this all comes out, there's going to be no way for the media to hide this. They're not going to be able to continue with the false narrative that released the memo was driven by Russian bots on Twitter. Even the Daily Beast, the left-leaning outlet, said that story's garbage. They're not going to be willing to... There's nothing Schiff can do, Adam Schiff, the Democrat, driving this fake collusion narrative at this point. There is nothing he can do to fabricate truth out of fiction. He can lie all he wants, but sooner or later, when you tell people 2 plus 2 equals 76, sooner or later they're going to look and go, well, it pretty obviously equals 4. That's why I keep tweeting the Obama administration is running out of places to hide. They are not going to be able to continue to say they had no knowledge of this. As the documents come out about the unmaskings in relation to 702 data, in relation also to foreign data, foreign data streamed to the United States, They are not going to be able to say reasonably, as there's no probable cause of a crime, that they spied on the Trump team. Let me explain this better. Their exit ramp to this entire thing, Joe, from the start, Mm -hmm. has been the Logan Act or collusion. That, hey, we spied on the Trump team, yes. Mm -hmm. But we did it because they were colluding with the Russians. And look, there were, and these are interrelated, by the way. And there were Logan Act in violations. Not only were they colluding with the Russians, they were negotiating with them beforehand, which is illegal. Gotcha. Off ramp number one, well, let's go. Off ramp number two, the Logan Act, is garbage and utter nonsense. Not even constitutional. It's never, that's why no one was charged with it. Now they are, the only thing they have left, Joe. Mm -hmm. Remember, remember, what their only out is we were spying on the Trump team because they were colluding with the Russians. Here's the problem, folks. There's no collusion. There's nothing. There's no there there to quote Peter Stroke who hates Trump. There's nothing there. 
Now you're left with a highway and all of these Obama administration officials on it involved in unmasking, 702 data, foreign intelligence streams, fake dossiers paid for by the Clintons. They have all of this. And it's all sitting in their bag of donuts and they have no excuse for it. They're sitting there with chocolate on their faces. Mom comes out and goes, did you eat a cookie, a chocolate cookie? Ugh, wasn't me. Then who was it? You're the only one left in the house. Casper the friendly ghost? Folks, put a little smile on your face. Because you may say, oh, well, Dan, you said no one's going to wind up in handcuffs and don't worry. You know what? Don't worry too much about that because the, and let me, can I give you an example, Joe, that that may make a little more sense here Mm -hmm. about why I'm trying to put you at ease a bit today. Joe, you, you're a little bit older than I am. Yeah. Did Nixon ever walk out of the white house in handcuffs? No, but I think we can all agree. Nixon was involved in some untoward activities, right? Yeah, we can agree on that. Can we also agree that whether Nixon was taken out in handcuffs or not, the damage to the Republican Party in Nixon was absolutely catastrophic and lasts to this day. Yeah, we can agree on that, Dan. We can pretty much agree, right? Yeah. How do I know that? Because people still bring up Watergate. Where do you think Obama Gate comes from? Right. Watergate. The damage to the Democrat Party and their reputation for being in it for the little guy. We're civil rights activists. We fight for civil rights for everyone. Gay people, transgender people, minorities. We're the. It's over. It's Sessions knows all of this. It's over. You will hang this on them forever. They will until and folks, keep in mind the Republicans had an off ramp to Watergate. Larry Hogan Sr. Congressman, Mm -hmm. father to the governor of Maryland, I keep bringing this example up, was one of those Republicans who then joined the the cavalry later who said, listen, Nixon's got to go. Where are the Democrats on this? We need to investigate Trump for collusion. Folks, they have two problems, the Democrats. It is going to be exposed, and not one of them is taking a stand on this. It is going to be exposed, number one, that they spied, that congressional leaders and people read in on this knew they spied on the Trump team with no evidence. Number one, opening up massive civil liability and a humiliating takedown of the Democrat Party. And number two, they are going to be exposed for backing this thing up the whole time and making false claims against Donald Trump that will never be proven because it didn't happen. Folks, there's another great piece I'll put in the show notes today. I haven't even, I, I, Joe, I'm sorry. I mean, I got another read to do. We got so much yeah. stuff. Please, folks, forgive me. I just, I know, I, Joe's giving me the sign that we got to do this read. I've, I've never felt so passionate about something in my life. I really, I'm obsessed. I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I want to thank my wife for allowing me all day to do this because I feel like my, my, this book we're doing, me and Matt, I have never been so committed to this because I absolutely believe in this republic and I swear to you on my life, if a Republican administration did this, I would be just as vocal calling for their takedown and every Republican to put him in jail. Our republic as we know it is at stake if we don't expose what happened here, folks. Sessions knows. 
Now, I want to ask you to be patient here. I am not confident in Robert Mueller's ability to be nonpartisan in this at all. But I just want to propose to you another question here from a very good person. Why do you think Bob Mueller interviewed Dan Coats, the director of national intelligence under Trump and Admiral Mike Rogers, who I already told you, I strongly believe warned Donald Trump about everything that was going on on November 17th and caused him to evacuate Trump Tower. Why do you think Bob Mueller interviewed them? Can I suggest to you something else on tape here? (laughs) Not really tape anymore. On digital recording? That although I don't trust Mueller as far as I can throw him, that the arrests and prosecution, or however disingenuous and they were, of Flynn and Papadopoulos... They were. These were nonsense. They arrested people for a crime. That it's nonsense. You know, these were these were process crimes. Mm-hmm. That Mueller may also be looking at people in the Obama administration as well. Now, I, I'm not asking you, Joe, for a round of applause for Mueller. I'm not telling you to celebrate the guy. I'm not telling you he's nonpartisan. Right. I'm simply telling you that Bob Mueller knows what I'm telling you as well. In addition to Jeff Sessions. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, folks, Sessions has not recused himself from Uranium One, Clinton emails or any FBI corruption only from the Russia investigation. Mueller has been given, remember the mandate, a very broad mandate here to investigate things not just limited to Russia, folks. May I suggest to you that although he's no white knight in this thing. That I don't think this thing is going to end with just Trump people like Flynn and Papadopoulos. Joe's like wording, what the? (laughs) (laughs) I am absolutely sure that the DNI, Dan Coates, who knows everything Nunez knows, who knows everything Nunez saw at the White House complex in March, and at the interview of Rogers, had... Almost nothing to do with Russian collusion because it didn't exist. There's no collusion. Why do you think Trump is cooperating with this investigation? Because he has something to hide? Listen, liberals, listening to me. You can dispute all you want Trump's level of cooperation. I don't care. The facts are on our side. He has produced thousands of documents. Numerous Trump administration officials have been interviewed here. Trump himself said yesterday, pursuant to legal advice, he'll speak with Mueller. Why is he doing this? Because he has nothing to hide. There's no collusion. I'm just going to leave you with that thought on a good note. That although Mueller is no white knight in this, and he is intimately involved with a lot of the stuff that happened, whether it's Uranium One, his connection to Carlin and other folks, To save face here, Bob Mueller is going to have to target someone from the Obama administration, too. There is absolutely no way around it. Animals involved in this, man, I swear. Case really pisses me off. Yeah. All right, folks. We have shows today. Um, I hope you, Joe. Did they follow all that? You think? Uh, yeah. I think this has probably been one of the more simpler shows of okay. the last lot. Yes. Very good. 
because I got a few more things here. Mm-hmm. I know we're running out of time. Today's show also brought to you by my buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Folks, this is one of my original sponsors. Listen, you need health, uh, you know, uh, fruit and vegetable insurance for your health? <laughs> we're like, what the heck is that? They have fruit <laughs> and vegetable insurance? No, not really. But they do have a product called Field of Greens, where if you don't eat your eight to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day, which I barely get in, I take this stuff on the road with me, this is your, this is your fruit and vegetable insurance. It tastes delicious. What is it? Folks, it's food. It's not a supplement. You mean, what do you mean it's food? They're selling you fruits and vegetables? No, no. What they did was smart. They took all of these exotic fruits and vegetables and some fruits and vegetables that are not exotic, just really good for you. And they said, well, you know, they're like 90% water, a lot of these things. What if we just ground up the food, got the water out, put it in a powder and saved you the time having to eat 6,000 tomatoes a day? (laughs) What a great idea. I love this idea. I begged these guys to produce this because I have been taking in some form a form of fruit and vegetable powders Mm -hmm. for a long time. And folks, a lot of them are overpriced and are crap. These guys, you know why it took forever to get this out? Because their supply chain is impeccable. These guys use the highest quality fruits and vegetables. You got blueberries. You got raspberries. You got ginger in there. You got probiotics. You've got kale in there. Stuff, let's be honest. Some of it you're never going to eat. It's ground up into a powder and it tastes delicious. You're going to get a little bit of cherry in it, a little bit of licorice. I love it. People love it. I put it in green tea. I put it in V8. I mix a little collagen in. I can't say to you in strong enough terms to go check this stuff out. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. If you remember my email list, there's a quick link at the top. Click right on it. Give this stuff a shot, folks. You have to eat the fruits and vegetables. Everybody knows this. The micronutrients, the macronutrients in these products, in these foods. This is what this is the, the staple of any healthy lifestyle. It's what keeps you alive. Go give it a shot. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Try Field of Greens today. You're going to love it. I absolutely swear by it. Matter of fact, Miles, I know you listen to the show. Please uh, send me some more. I'm running out because my wife and kids take it too now. My daughter swears I kept her from getting uh, sick this summer So because all her friends were sick. All right. uh, Let's see. No collusion. Okay. This is important. Uh, folks, let me just clear up one thing before I get to story number two today, too. Um, in my, I cover a lot of this in a book that Matt Palumbo and I are finishing up now about this debacle, this scandal, this spying scandal. But I, I'm still getting questions, too, about why the Russians needed information on Trump. Let me just simple and, and I'm not going to say dumb, though. You're not dumb. I don't want to dumb the whole thing now. But let me make this super simple about why the Russians, when it comes to a world power of parity. Mm-hmm. at least weaponry-wise, right. why they would seek to accumulate in, uh, information, intelligence on Trump and Hillary at the same time. Because a lot of you are looking at this and saying, well, was he helping Trump or was he hurting Trump or was he helping Hillary or were the Russians hurting Hillary? Don't look at it that way. They don't want to help anyone. They hurt everyone equally. The Russians, just like in nuclear war, intelligence at that level on people like Trump and Hillary, look at it, and I, I made, me and Matt had a long conversation about this yesterday, look at it in terms of mutually assured destruction. Folks, we don't have nuclear weapons in the United States exclusively for first strike capability. We have them as insurance so that no one hits us either. In other words, mutually assured destructions. The Russians launch on us. We launch on them. We're all dead. The Russians know that. We know that. Game theory would dictate that the Russians won't launch and we won't launch because we don't want to kill each other. So you may ask yourself reasonably, then why have the weapons? Because it's an insurance policy against the other guy using them. Folks, intelligence between geopolitical foes like this works the same way. 
We, trust me, we have a dossier on Putin. That's a real one. Why don't we release it? Because we don't release it because we know Putin has information on our people too. It may not be bad. It just may be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. Do you understand where I'm going with this, Joe? Sure. It's mutually assured intelligence destruction. So the emails, I, I, that's why I can't answer each. I'm answering all of them at once for those of you who email me. The Russians were not trying to help anyone. They are gathering information to assure that none of the dirty information on Putin ever comes out because they have information on everyone else. And just like nuclear weapons, when both sides know, both sides have embarrassing stuff, just like nukes, no one wants to launch because it destroys both of them. Now, when there's not parity, say it's the Russians against the Georgians or the Russians against the Ukrainians, where they don't see him as being a, 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 you know on, on par with them with their ability to disseminate bad intel... They will use that information to take down or corrupt or cause chaos in a foreign government. Not that they won't use the intel against Trump, but they won't use it on the scale I think people have been emailing me about. Because I'm getting that a lot. Like, why you know, why are they were they trying to hurt or help? They're trying to hurt everyone. They're the Russians. Yeah. That's what they do. Chaos is their thing. And in the book, we describe that in a little more detail. Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Mutually Perfect. assured intelligence destruction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Secondly, this is important. Yesterday. And hat tip to another one of my sources out there. You know who you are. Sent me this last night. This is a great pull. There is an article in the show notes. And I think one of the things we do different in our show notes and why you should subscribe is, again, these are not just news clips from today. These are news clips from yesterday and last year that apply to today's news that you're not going to find anywhere else. People pour this stuff into me. So thank you for this, this tip. Remember yesterday, Joe, we were talking about Andy McCarthy's piece at National Review, which is in yesterday's show notes about how the Hillary email scandal, more importantly, is an Obama email scandal, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, if you listen to yesterday's show, you'll get it in detail. But the general, you know, 30,000 foot view of this is Hillary emailed Obama on her private email account. Folks. Hillary and Barack Obama have been connected for a very long time. What I'm trying to tell you is the missing emails for Hillary. I don't think there's just a few emails to Obama in there. And the $64,000, 64 quadrillion dollar question right now is what's in those emails to Obama? Anything about this? 702 information stuff, possibly, maybe. Well, this gem was pulled for me by a great source. Thank you. This is uh, John Kirby, State Department spokesperson in January um, of uh, 2016. Was it? Hold on. Let me pull. I want to make sure I get this right, folks. Stand by quick because I don't want to get the date wrong on this. This is critical. Uh, Hold on. Yes. January of 2016. Okay. This is John Kirby. Uh, He's being questioned about email exchanges between Hillary and Obama. And listen to the way he dances around this whole thing about what's in the information, what it was about. And there's going to be a second cut about how many there were. Play the first one. It's about a minute, but just listen. It's important. Play the cut. I'd like now to shift direction to a different aspect of today's release, an entirely different aspect, which relates to emails exchanged between President Obama and then Secretary Clinton. As the White House has previously stated, Secretary Clinton and the President did, on occasion, exchange emails. As they have also said previously, such presidential records shall remain confidential to protect the President's ability to receive unvarnished advice and counsel. 
but will ultimately be released in accordance with the Presidential Records Act. I can confirm that 18 emails comprised of eight distinct email chains between former Secretary Clinton and President Obama are being withheld in full from the State Department's FOIA production today of these emails, of Secretary, former Secretary Clinton's emails. The decision to withhold presidential correspondence from state's Freedom of Information Act production of former Secretary Clinton's emails was widely covered months ago. In response to a FOIA request, again, it is not unusual to deny or withhold a document in full. To be clear, the emails between then-Secretary Clinton and President Obama have not been determined to be classified. They are entirely separate and distinct from the emails in today's release that were upgraded to top secret, secret, or confidential. And I'm not going to speak again to the content of the, that email traffic. Fascinating. Notice the takeaways on that. Hillary and Barack Obama emailed each other on occasion. Really? Wow. She was the Secretary of State, the Democrat nominee for president, and they only emailed each other on occasion? I got another cut here coming in a second, but let's hit on some of this, them of these doozies first. On occasion, one of the reporters in the room goes, really, I got 18 emails from my boss today alone. <laughs> on occasion. May I suggest to you that those 30,000 missing emails may have a little more of that in there let me uh, go into this one too uh, uh, due to the presidential records act we described that yesterday kind of fascinating how they do that huh why would they use the presidential records act not, and not claim some form of executive privilege there because as he follows up later let me be clear none of this stuff was classified oh no of course not joe they, you know they were talking right. about uh you know the, the greatest showman they love that movie it was great I mean, what, were, what do you think they were talking about? Yoga? It was not classified? So release them. What were they talking about? You believe that? All right. Play cut number two, because there's more doozies in this. You said that the separate category, these uh, the exchanges between the president and Secretary Clinton, there, there were 18 emails? That, yeah, um, eight, I think I said Does that eight. mean that they only emailed each other 18 times for the four years that she was a Secretary of State? I can't speak to... months. I mean, is that... Have you gone through all of them and she only communicated with the President 18 times by email? Of the 55,000 pages of traffic that was handed over by the former Secretary Clinton to us to go through for release through FOIA, we have found these 18. Yeah, I and I do not expect that there will be more. Well, that's... Does that strike you as being a bit unusual? I mean, my boss, I have 18 emails an hour with her sometimes. Ah, wait, <laughs> come again. Come again, please. Yes. Folks, as I did with the Carlin audio cut yesterday, pay attention to the words, the mannerisms. By the way, this piece, watch the video. It's about the four-minute mark and the nine-minute mark. It's a CNS news piece. It is in the show notes today. Watch it. Watch it. Open it. Go to the four. It's like four minutes or so and nine minutes or so. Watch the body language. Watch how the spokesman reads specifically from the script in his statement on this. He doesn't deviate one bit. Here's the highlights of the second part. So you're telling me, the, the, uh, the uh, questioner here, the reporter, doing some good work, by the way, Says, you're telling me Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama on this private email system only emailed each other 18 times? This is a yes or no answer. 
What's his word? His terminology? Remember this with Clapper. Remember the Clapper dance Joe played again from the episode the other day when asked about the Pfizer warrant? Mm-hmm. Remember the Carlin thing? Oh, yeah. Well, no one should interfere with that. Watch what they say and how they say it. He says, well, I can't speak to that. What, what do you mean you can't speak to that? Did Hillary email Obama or not? And how many times? Folks, this isn't complicated. We have the entire power of the U.S. government able to go in and segregate out emails between one email address to the other. What was his email? Whatever. B-O at B-O.com? What was, it's not hard to find. This is a yes or no answer. What is his answer? Oh, I can't speak to that. What does he say next? Well, what, the guy says, well, what do you mean you can't speak to that? He goes, well, of the 50,000 emails, this is the off-ramp. Of the 50,000 emails handed over by Secretary Clinton, we only found 18. Oh, Joe, ah, that solves it. Okay. Yes. Oh, the ones Hillary gave us, we only found these 18. Are there more? Oh, I don't know, but these are the ones she gave us. I'm sure they're the ones that incriminate her, too. <laughs> May I suggest to you that there's more out there and that this, I'm not trying to like to connect too many dots yet, but may I simply suggest to you that email gate with Hillary may not be a separate scandal altogether. And that the reason they are panicked about that as well is the email traffic between her and the president is not about leave it to beaver. It's not about Jerry Mathers. It's not about Ward. It's not about Marge Simpson. That there is some stuff in there that I assure you is not about the Yankees game last night. Think about that one. All right. My wife is mad at me because I didn't cover the Canadian uh, story about it. Let me just cover this in a nutshell because it's a good one. And I've been teasing it for a few days. But just quickly on this, getting off that. Thing, I got more. By the way, folks, I trust me, I've got more coming. I'm expecting some information um, today. So do not miss tomorrow's show. Uh, but the Canadian story, I, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, and I teased it a couple days ago because it's just so indicative of this nonsense socialist atmosphere that's pervade the left and students on college campuses who believe that equality means equality and prosperity. Equality is a nice flowery word, Joe. When people say it, they celebrate equality, equality, right, Joe? Yes. But you're assuming it means equality in an equal and prosperous lifestyle. But what you don't understand is when liberals and socialists talk about equality, what they're really talking about is equality and misery. (laughs) Now, that... And when I saw this story about what's happening in Canada, I thought I got to tell this to my audience. So the story in the Wall Street Journal by Sally Pipes at the Wall Street Journal. It's a great story. And she talks about, you know, Canadians have a single payer health care system. There is a lawsuit going on in the Canadian justice system. You're not going to believe this. Where a Canadian doctor suing the government because he's not even allowed under penalty of law to provide procedures to people for money. He's got to be paid by the government. So here's a quote from the piece. And basically, I wrote in capital letters, you will wait in line. (laughs) Like, you will wait in the government line. So here's a quote from the piece. Private clinics, like the one this doctor operates, are prohibited from charging most patients for operations that public hospitals will provide for free. You can't even give someone an operation for cash. This doctor's suing to say, wait, why can't I do that? What if someone's, like, dying? Can't I just do an operation on someone? 
Folks, do you understand that when socialists talk about equality, they're talking about equality and misery, not equality and prosperity? You will wait in line. And in the piece, by the way, they talk about Canadian show. How You know how many months they wait to see a specialist now on average? And by the way, even these statistics are distorted. It's worse. Five months to see a specialist in single-payer health care. Folks, they have to sue in Canada to be able to operate on you for cash. And this is what you want? Kids, college kids, socialism is equality and misery. It is not equality and prosperity. What are you thinking? Remember, you will wait in line. Unless you're a connected government oligarch, by the way, then you'll get around the line or a bureaucrat. But all of you great unwashed out there in a single payer system, you can't even pay someone to operate on you. Chew on them apples. Common core, net neutrality. Yeah, it's common. It's neutral in the sock. That's what's common about it. It all sucks. So my wife was mad at me because I didn't bring up the story. But I do have some other ones, too. Um, Tune in tomorrow. I have some other news of the day I didn't get to today because everything's breaking. Some news on the weak dollar. Uh, Listen, I love the Trump administration, but they're making a big mistake on this weak dollar policy. I'll explain tomorrow why that's a disaster or eventually. And uh, eh, we'll talk about some maybe some trade deficits, too. All right, folks, do not miss tomorrow's show. I've got some great stuff coming in. Thanks again for tuning in. Please go to Bongino.com and sign up for my email list. You have to read the articles I'm going to send you today. Thanks again, folks. See you soon. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.